and welcome to the Good With Money Smug Money podcast, a podcast that teaches you how to be good with your cash and where we speak to investment managers who tell us how they're being good with your cash as well. My name is Jen Gale and today we're joined by Rupert Welchman from UBP who co-manages the bank's impact investing and we'll hear all about how we can move our money to make sure it's having the positive impact we want it to have. Hello Rupert, welcome to the show. Hello Jen, thank you very much for having me on. Good, really, really looking forward to diving into this. Um, Can you start off by introducing yourself and UBP and what your role is there? Sure, well, uh, my name is Rupert Welshman. Um, I'm a fund manager, um, which means uh, I invest in companies quoted on the stock market. Um, I've done that for the whole of of my career, which is spanning over 20 years. Um, And particularly of late, we've been uh, focused on uh, this idea of impact investing, and I and I co-manage a fund with um, uh, my colleague, my co-manager Victoria Leggett, um, and the two of us have worked together for uh, over ten years with uh, UBP. Um, UBP itself is not really a, a household name, we don't think, in the UK, um, despite us being British and based in in London. Um, but we are a, a Geneva-based private bank uh, set up. Uh, at the end of the 1960s uh, by a gentleman called Edgar de Picciotto. And it's still family run today. And a lot of its uh, values are related to uh, to, to, to family and uh, looking after um, both its clients, but also its, its employees and its network. So so whilst we're not terribly well known uh, here in the UK yet, we, we obviously would like us to, to be better known over time. Um, and, and we have an asset management business of which Victoria and I are part. So um, you talked about your impact fund. For those who haven't listened to some of the other episodes we do, and that's a new phrase for them, can you just tell us a little bit about what that entails or what that means and how that's different from maybe other savings and investments? Yeah, Sure. So very um, top level, what we try to do is focus on companies whose products and services in the, in one way or another make the world a better place. And, and we can go into the sort of framework that we pursue mm. that, that principle with. But, but our view is that uh, impact is all about um, steering the world into uh, a more sustainable, more equal place than, than we find it in today. Um, as a um, uh, as a style of investing, this was uh, originally um, wholly focused on private markets. So uh, the Rockefeller in, um, Foundation, for example, were I believe the ones who who coined this phrase "impact investing," um, and that was really um, for obviously for a foundation, so for wealthy, very wealthy families who are looking to put some money back into, into society. And I mean, we obviously have uh, the, the modern day version of that with someone like, uh, Bill Gates, mm. um, but nowadays, um, and for though that style of impact, which is what we, you know, we are trying to copy, um, they would take their, their, their money that they want to put into, um, uh, back into into society, and they would focus it very um, uh, very accurately on a particular area, um, and then they would require some level of reporting back on the benefits, the non financial benefits that their investment had has created. Mm. So our interpretation of impact investing in, in sort of the modern era and trying to harness investment funds for stock market investments. Um, so to, to broaden that 
the, the use of, of impact investing. Um, uh, we have to, we, we buy shares in companies that already exist. So we don't establish companies. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we look at companies that we think have a positive impact on the world through their products or their services. Um, and we, uh, we talk to those companies once we've bought the shares um, and, and try to help and to understand the way that they are making the world better. And then, you know, where we find really important pieces of information, we try to publish that and we try to talk to people like yourself, Jen, and, mm. um, and get the message out there that they actually these companies are doing good. And, you know, sometimes the world can be quite a pessimistic place. Uh, we're trying to, to balance that out with um, some, some good news stories where we find actually um, some, some great progress being made. Yeah. And so basically it's as well as getting hopefully a positive return financially, the, there's a, a positive impact in terms of something, something good being done in the world as well, which I think is kind of like what we would all hope for. And I think one of the challenges around um, sort of sustainability and money is that is trying to help people join the dots and realize that actually they might be doing all these amazing things at home, but that, that, unbeknownst to them their money might be financing things that they would never in a million years kind of want to be um investing in so it's really awesome to see all these different um options and things becoming available how long has your fund been going so we launched the fund on september the 28th 2018 i remember the date well (laughs) um and uh, so, yeah, we've been going for 16 or 17 months now. Okay, cool. And how, what was the, um, the catalyst for creating that fund? What, what was the driver behind it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a very good question because it's one, it is one of, um, of progress and evolution. Um, you know, we work inside a pretty traditional asset management, inside a, pre- a pre- pretty traditional wealth manager, private bank. Mm. Um, but our feeling when, when, was that we could, first of all, offer some, um, some guidance and some help um, in terms of uh, the sort of the, the, the governance and the social responsibility that the bank as a whole was pursuing. Um, and then uh, once that started to, to succeed well, and you know, I think UBP has come a long way um, in, in recent years on, on that front, um, we turned our, our attention to what kind of ideal product, what kind of fund do, do we think best reflected this, this change in direction mm. in finance uh, generally. And there have been a couple of um, elements that had really caught our eye. First of all, um, there's a sustainability um, institute called the Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership, based obviously up in Cambridge and mm. uh, part of the Cambridge University umbrella. Um, and they've been uh, writing really interesting research since 1998 when they were established um, and have they, they have a huge network of um, uh, individuals, experts around the world, which feed into their academic research. Mm. Uh, um, and one of the um, uh, the innovations that, that CISL have um, have uh, championed is to try to harness finance along the lines of their sustainability fi- findings. Mm. Um, so we applied as a bank to join uh, the ILG Investment Leaders Group, which is one of the subsets below CISL. Sorry, lots of acronyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think I'm keeping up <laughs> for that. Um, but the the. Yes, uh, they. Um, uh, so the the point about the investment leaders group is to take 
the findings and try to get them into uh, investment products, into the minds of um, the big insurance companies and mm. the, big, uh, the big sovereign wealth funds and see if we can there, thereby make some changes in terms of, of the way that capital is provided to the economy. I mean, mm. it's, a pretty, it's a pretty grand idea, really. Um, and we felt we wanted to be associated with that. Um, so that taking that influence and then uh, putting it over the top of uh, the ideal investment product, we wanted to take up the challenge of um, producing a, a, a unit trust that anybody on, on the street, any, anybody of any type of uh, country and, and, um, uh, and different social status could, could buy, could use their savings to buy units in the, in the fund. Um, and that fund itself would take the principles of the findings of, of sustainability and embed them um, in an impactful way uh, in, an, in a savings fund. So that's how we ended up with the, um, uh, the impact fund uh, that UBP launched. Brilliant. And there are six kind of themes. Am I right in saying that, that yeah. you and do you use them as kind of almost your criteria for choosing which companies to invest in? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, so anybody who is aware of your typical traditional savings fund or retail fund um, unit trust will know that um, every fund manager has some style of investment, um, the strategy, and this is how they're going to, to beat the market. Um, we actually took a, a different step into to producing this fund and said, well, the important thing for us, I think this is similar to some of the other people you've interviewed uh, on, the, on the podcast. We wanted to promote the SDGs and the power, power of the sustainable development goals yeah. over and above any of those traditional styles of investing strategy. So we, there, are, there are 17 uh, sustainable development goals, um, of which the 17th is uh, partnership with the goals. So we don't feel that's an investable yeah. thing per se, but we, we hope we're partnering with the goals by, by acknowledging them mm-hmm. and um, in, in, uh, listing a fund in, in that area. Um, and then 16 is peace, justice, and strong institutions. So number 16. Um, and again, it's quite difficult in our minds um, to find companies quoted on the stock market that really deliver peace, justice, and strong institutions. Mm-hmm. So we took a decision for that um, SDG um, as UBP to, to give some of our fees for running the fund to some charities that best um, pursue uh, peace, justice, and strong oh, institutions. Yeah. So, so we actually donate money to four charities, um, ranging from uh, English Pen and Reprieve and uh, the Exodus Road and Handicap International. So those are the four charities um, that we talk about. Um, and we've already donated over 30,000 euros um, in the first 12 months to those oh, yeah. causes. So, so you know, we are trying to produce a fund that really does follow the, the full sustainable development goals. Um, but then that leaves us with 15. Yeah. Um, and the, what we don't want to do is produce a fund that is confusing to, um, to the end investor. We want sure. something that bridges that gap. Um, so we've reduced that to six themes. And these six themes tie in with the work that we've done with Cambridge, who also use a, a six-theme framework for, um, for finance. Um, the first theme is basic needs. Uh, and that uh, includes the SDGs, no poverty, zero hunger, quality education, and clean water and sanitation. Okay. Um, 
And then the other two are also people related. So health and well-being, which is good health and well-being and reduced inequalities and uh, inclusive and fair economies, which is gender equality, decent work and economic growth, industry innovation and infrastructure. So those three are related to people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, the other three themes, healthy ecosystems, which we contain the SDGs, life below water, life on land, mm -hmm. um, and climate stability, where we put clean energy and climate action. And mm -hmm. finally, uh, sustainable communities. The third, sorry to, to go through them. No, 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 it's really interesting. Makes yeah. it clearer, hopefully. Um, sustainable communities, we include sustainable cities and communities and responsible con uh, consumption and production. Yeah. So you can sort of see the mind map of how we approach all the possible companies we could we could invest behind um, as given to us by the UN SDGs. And it's worth it's worth sort of tying this all back to that. I, I think the the sustainable development goals are so important to um, all aspects of uh, of, of um, society. Mm. So not just not just um, consumers or governments or regulators or businesses, but also to finance. And, and it's given us all a bit of a blueprint to pursue for, for, for right or for wrong. It's, it's the first time that we ha actually have a map that we can all start moving along. Um, and yeah. certainly that's that we think is really helpful for, for the provision of, of a new style of investment fund as well. Yeah. And you said that, that you invest in um, companies that are listed on the stock market, so limited companies. Um, what 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 informed that decision or what made you do that? Why did you choose to sort of go down that route rather than look at all companies? Yeah, no, well, it's a good point. And, you know, th that is where we are now, I, I, I should say, first of all. Um, but the, the first point is, I mean, this is our, um, our experience and our careers. We've, we've always been focused on picking companies that are listed on stock markets so it's it's really our, our expertise, and we we didn't want to suddenly try and do something that we weren't uh, yeah. we weren't experienced at. But also, it's the plethora of different types of companies that you can find on the world stock markets. So when we look at our universe, we often get asked, you know, what's your universe of companies that you could potentially buy? Um, on our analysis, that would be about nine thousand different companies around the world, um, and so we have a really broad set of uh, of opportunities that we can invest behind ready-made companies that already yeah. have business plans already have revenues and already have infrastructure sure. around the world to to implement those those uh, impactful um uh, impact impactful um uh, businesses that they follow i, I should say there aren't 9,000 positive impact companies. There are just 9,000 companies over a certain market cap level. Right, so, okay. Over a certain yeah. valuation that we could invest in. Yeah. We think that, I mean, for us at the moment, we think we have about 250 companies that we look at that, that could be impactful um, following uh, one of the, uh, uh, the, the six themes that we pursue. God, that's quite depressing, isn't it? 250 companies out of 9,000. <laughs> We yeah, have work well, to do. <laughs> we do have work to do. I mean, there could be a lot more. I, I, I know that some of my, you know, some of my peers out there would say that there are a lot more companies out there right. to invest in. And so, you know, we, we acknowledge that we're not, we aren't, we aren't pioneers at, at impact investing. I, yeah. you, you wouldn't find UBP pretending that, that we're the first people to do this. We know that, that you've spoken to some people who have been at this a lot longer than, than we have. Um, but we want to do... We want to provide savings products 
um, that give um, the end customer an authentic um, product, very much like those those um, fund managers who have been at it longer than we have. Mm, mm. Um, so to that end, we you know we, we've we've made a we, we continue to increase the number of companies that we discover. For example, only last week um, I spoke to a company in Japan. Um, which is very like a, um, it has aspects of it that are very like a company that we actually own in the portfolio. Um, uh, but no one knows about it really at the moment. Uh, uh, so they are thinking about how, as a Japanese company, they can produce information on their websites that that actually shows them in the right light, that makes yeah. them look like, um, that, that makes them prioritize the, the good things that they do. Um sure. For example, this this particular company has already dispersed three million um, particular um, uh, safe and clean loose seats to, um, uh, to, to to impoverished communities. For example, in Bangladesh, mm. um, and they're saying, "Oh, we we are a bit disappointed because actually we wanted to do uh, to, to to have given out twenty million right. of this particular type of loose seat, um, and we've only done three million. And we were saying, "Well, hang on." Three minutes are good. Three minutes are right. Yeah. So don't yeah don't worry. And and we think of it as a path of travel. So both in terms of our own um, uh, evolution, but also the evolution of our companies as well. Because um, say some of the companies we own were over a hundred years old. They've done business in different ways in the past. Yeah. Um, and if they tell us that they're changing, um, and you can see that they intentionally really are changing, then then that's good. That's 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 capital. Yeah moving the needle and moving the the, the influence towards um, better things. Yeah. So um, when you invest in these companies or you buy shares in these companies, you then, um, I don't know if this is the right phrase, but my head is interpreting it. So you then use that sort of to then influence um, sort of what they're doing and also to, to sort of help them with that impact reporting, which I think lots of um, businesses, regardless of their size, you know, tiny little one-man bands and stuff, really struggle with that impact reporting piece. So you're able to to help them with that as well. Yeah, absolutely right. And and I think that's you know that's the key here is that that whilst it's a it, we we can see a place for impact funds who invest in stock market listed companies, you can't just go and buy a share of somebody else in in the stock market. And they say, right, I've bought an impactful, impactful company and I'm, you know, I'm doing my job. Right. So, so we think that there's this collaboration with the company. So, so we have a, a pretty strong engagement policy, which starts before we buy the shares. Before we buy the shares, we, we have to have done the due diligence on the company. And one of the key elements of that is to get in touch with them. And indeed, we've got great examples, great stories of, of companies where we picked up the phone with them and they said, oh, we're, you know, you're the first person to talk to us about our external impact. The right. impact of our products yeah. and services. How should we report to the market about that? Why should we report to yeah. the market about that? And then we've had other companies who look really great. They look like they, you know, they're properly um, beneficial to the world and they're answering a need which currently isn't supplied. Sure. Um, uh, but they, um, uh, but, but they, they say, well, um, I'm sorry, we we can't speak to you at the moment. We're very busy. Um, and and if you can't start down the road of actually talking to that company yeah. and getting under the skin, then we don't think that that's then we don't think that that that's the right role for us as as investors in stock market listed companies. Yeah. So 
So it is engagement is is a huge part of what we do. And indeed, um, like again, some of our peers, we produce a lot of information about talking to companies. Um, and indeed, so we write a an annual report. Um, a lot of impact funds write annual reports, and we try to draw out measurement. So we try to encourage the companies to talk to uh, to their investors or their consumers, their clients, in sort of not standardized ways, but ways that are easily digestible. Mm. And uh, and we where we find interesting numbers, we do like to to print those numbers yeah. in, in our annual report and our and our quarterly reports as well. And last year was our, we'd only been running the fund for three or four months. Uh, we produced our first report, but we were able to say um, in, in that report for, and excuse the number because it always feels a little bit high, but it's, it, it works out um, mathematically the right way to, to do it. But we use per million euros invested because we're right. a, yeah, a yeah, European yeah. company. But if you look at a per million euros invested last year, that was associated with the recycling um, of 520,000 cans and bottles yeah. through one of our investments. And those style, that style of non, so non-financial, sure. yeah, non-operated, yeah. but really material um, uh, st- statistic is, is, we think, really works with, um, w- with the end investor. Um, and I, this is another point that I think drives us, um, Victoria and myself, in terms of our approach to, to the UK. Um, we believe that the, the way that the, the defined contribution market, so if you're a typical employee today, your employer by law has to put some, uh, some money aside for you into a pension scheme, mm. but you as the employee has the choice. You have the choice as to what you want to invest in. But over 90% of your typical defined contribution scheme is invested in default funds. And, and our contention here is that People invest in default funds because they're not very interested yeah. in, in their investments. Um, and yet, if you look at an impact investment fund report, we think it's quite interesting. You know, the idea that yeah. you're talking about the charities that you you fund. If you look about look at these these the five hundred twenty thousand cans or yeah. the affordable homes that that your money is associated with, we think that that resonates with with say someone who is on a defined contribution scheme in a way that typical investment funds don't. Yes. And this brings us all back to the point of why we're engaged or why we're working with the Cambridge Institute, because we do want we take our role as the bridge between sustainability and finance very seriously. Yeah, I think that's so true in what you say, that if, you know, if I were to receive a, a financial annual report or whatever, and whether it was on my pension or whatever, and you just... You know, all all really you care about is has it has it gone up or has it gone down, um, and then you know you don't read any of the rest of the bump. But if I were to get an impact investment report and it were to tell me some of those numbers and things, I think it it really um, almost changes your relationship with that money yeah. and makes you feel quite quite proud to be you know wow like something I've done has had has helped towards this impact, and I think that's really important. And I think a lot of the um, you know, if we can help create these really positive stories around investment and money and things, I think it really will help to to engage people. And I just sort of think, you know, if you had some money to invest and you had a choice between an impact investment and a non one and, and at the end of the year to have some lovely stories like that, I think we'd all probably choose that one rather yeah. than the other one. It's just getting the message out there, I think, isn't it? And Absolutely. letting people know these things are available. And it's an interesting part. I mean, this 
maybe a bit nuanced, but um, I'll try and address it. And you can tell me if I've, if I've not explained <laughs> it. But um, we look at, um, so if you look at the stock market, yeah, uh, on the one side, you would have something like a, a coal producing um, company that might be listed mm. in the stock market. Their share price has fallen precipitously. Your typical coal company, the share price has fallen precipitously for many years as people have understood that coal is is pretty awful as far yeah. as, as an energy source from an emissions point of view. Meanwhile, on the other side of the scale, the scale you have examples like Beyond Meat or um, or Tesla. You know, Tesla's mm-hmm. a great example yeah. today. Um, where they seem to be um, really catching the, the zeitgeist of the moment. So yeah. it's, it's not always about the amount of profits you make today, sure. what, what obviously happens to your share price. And, and the reason I say this is a bit techy maybe is because we call this the cost of capital. And the cost of capital looks at, um, you know, if you were to give me um, X pounds, what kind of return would you re- demand in return? Um, and one of those elements is about growth. Mm-hmm. So, so the stock market or investors in the stock market have voted with their feet as far as coal companies, and the cost of capital has risen. I works works in the opposite direction to your share price. It's risen, and effectively, people said, "I now want to demand an enormous return to invest in a coal-fired right. power station or a coal producer." But at the other end of the scheme, um, people have said, "Actually, for something like Tesla, that." doesn't make profits on a sort of consistent basis yet. I'm not expecting much of a return in terms of profits, um, but I'm for, for which I'm prepared to to supply you with my money. That's, that's right. the theory here, and and we think that this is very um, this is really influencing um, the the patterns within the stock market. And the reason I mention this is because it's another it's the other element of what you were discussing about how do you motivate. Um, your oneself with your choice of, of where you in, where you invest, which sure. funds do you select? And in the past, maybe ten years ago, uh, or, or uh, certainly sort of t- ten years ago, um, the type of company that would put outperform, the type of company that would underperform, didn't really um, reflect the sustainability of the company okay. necessarily. Yeah. And, um, so you could have, I mean, BAT British American tobacco was a terrific stock through till about 2016. Wow. Uh, and yet, you know, we know it, tobacco is not exactly a health product. Yeah. Um, and what we think has changed since the publication of the, um, UN sustainable development goals is that the, the investors are getting much wiser to this and, they, and the money flow is moving towards sustainability. And indeed, mm. we've seen, we've seen um, some, some big differences in the types of funds that are growing out there last year compared to the types of funds that are shrinking um, and the reaction you get from some fund managers to that. So, for example, the world's large, largest fund manager, BlackRock, um, their CEO in the last month has... has Announced uh, in time for Davos, he announced that uh, um, that they were going to start to really embrace sustainability. Now mm. they, they control seven trillion dollars, uh, which is an enormous amount mm. indeed. Uh, that if if they just start shifting the pattern of how they invest, even if they don't do it the same way as say real, really pure impact funds are investing. Mm-hmm then it will influence the valuation of different companies. And that will then influence 
the type of fund that performs better or the type of fund that performs worse. Yeah. Um, and our view is that, you know, when you look at um, the typical fund or, or even if you were to buy a tracker, a tracker fund, so you didn't look to a fund manager like myself or, or the other impact funds, but you tried to buy just a fund that passively um, reflected a benchmark. Mm-hmm. Within that, you've got some real risks. You've got areas where um, those companies are going to have to use their, reinvest their, their cash flows to lower their CO2 right, to make yes. more sustainable. So you've got to be really aware of that. And I think that may lead to underperformance of some types of, um, of funds. That yeah. say that, uh, which And those funds will be the building blocks of the typical defined contribution default scheme. Right. There's a couple of questions I want to ask you about um, pensions, because I think when we talk about savings and investments, um, a lot of people will kind of switch off because they'll think, well, I don't have the spare cash for savings and investments. Yeah. But it's certainly if we're working for somebody else, all of us will have or should have a pension. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of when I've talked before to my audience about um sustainable investing and pensions and things. A lot of people will say, well, my company are in charge of my pension, so I have no choice over where that's invested. Mm. But from what you've just said, it sounds like maybe we do have a choice, but we just don't know about it. Is that right? Yeah. Well, there are two types of pensions. So you have your defined benefit. And if you are lucky enough to be still on defined benefit scheme where your your pension is is pretty much controlled by the trustees um, of of that scheme, but it's collectively managed by, by your company on your behalf, um, those, those types of pensions will use a consultant and the consultant will tell the trustees where they think they should invest for the future to um, give you a good pension. Now, you're right, in that circumstance, uh, the individual employee doesn't have control over what type of funds he buys or he or so she is, buys. So is that a pension that you would have... Um, you know, traditionally, we would think of, um, I don't know, people in the city having these really amazing pensions, or um, if you work for the NHS, getting a pension as, as one of the perks of the job, is that that kind of pension? Yeah, it, yeah, it would be. It, exactly right. Um, and uh, but, but in terms of, of the way that the world is moving, because those pensions for right or for wrong have become unaffordable for mm. a lot of institutions, whether it be the NHS or the private companies, that uh, public companies rather, that that have have sustained uh, um, that type of pension scheme. The, nearly all new pension schemes, um, and certainly sort of um, employee-led, mm. uh, so employee-employer-led pension schemes today are the other type, which is defined contribution. Um, and with your typical de- defined contribution scheme, you as an employee are in control of where that fund, where that money is invested. So your employer will say to you. We've got. We're putting some money aside for you. Um, we have a. We have worked with some consultants, and we've come up with a default scheme which we think uh, best serves your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than anything else, the the, uh, the financial conduct authority, the FCA, will also stipulate that you should that that, that should be quite a cheap product. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has has caps in terms of the. The amount that the asset manager can charge mm. per annum for that, um, but it's it, it's a very sort of um, lukewarm style of, of investment product, um, and because it's serving so many different people. Yeah. But to my understanding, anyway, if you are in that kind of scheme, and we we have one here at UBP, mm. 
you can say, I don't want to be in the default. I want to have a look at all the other funds that um, are available to me mm-hmm. um, and I can choose for myself. It's just okay. a, it's a question of educating oneself with, um, with, with what the options are. Um, and, it's, and I think this can, comes back to my, my contention, which is that maybe that's, that was quite boring for, for your time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a bit confusing. I mean, do, who wants to know whether they're going to invest in a bond or in a, yeah. in a German yeah. equity or all those kinds of things. But, but the difference is if on that list of funds you saw an impact fund, yes. um, then you might go, actually, I really like that. I, really, I, I want to put a, 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 some of my fund, in my, 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 my pension fund, into that, that style of investment fund. Okay, so um, with the the pensions, the workplace pensions that we have now, there's an employee uh, contribution and an employee contribution, and you can ask for your employer's contribution to go into a fund of your choice as well. Yes, as I understand it, the vast majority of defined contribution schemes can be uh, are, are controlled by the employee. Okay, because yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking back actually to when I was um, when I was employed and. Um, I'm sure that, you know, it was just this kind of piece of paper and, and we've we've chosen this company and, you know, I, I tick the box if you're happy with that and just like, yeah, I have no idea. I have no clue. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. You're yeah. going to give you're going to give some money to my pension. I don't really care where it's going. But actually um, knowing that I just didn't I guess maybe I did know I could put it somewhere else, but I wouldn't have known where to look or what to look yeah. for or anything like that. So that um, I think that's really useful information. It's really good. It's really powerful. But you should one as a as an employee should agitate as well. Yes. If if that isn't available to you, you should go to your human resources director or department and say, um, "Why can't I invest in a, um, yeah. a sustainable fund? Um, why why aren't why aren't the company investing in a sustainable fund? Because you would imagine if they're you know a reasonable sized company with quite robust CSR policies and things, that's quite an easy win for them to say all our all our um, pension investments are with an impact investment fund and, and that's one yeah. of the things we're doing as part of our CSR goals. So, yeah, and I love that bit about actually you as an employee can, that kind of bit of gentle disruption or that uh, yeah. like little, um, but, but it's the same as with everything in sustainability. The more of us that ask that question, even if they say to you, no, the more of us that ask that question, the more likely these things are to shift. So That's right. And, and can I just make one comment on this that's associated with it? Because I think it's, it's fascinating, but, but, you know, we are in this transition world. This, it does take everybody to influence in a little way to mm-hmm. change things incrementally. But I read a wonderful um, piece that was written um, uh, based on, uh, University of Southampton research paper, which, which, and this, this is the point I think really makes it for for us is that you know we're all trying in our daily lives to reduce our carbon footprint and yeah. to tread more softly on the on the earth, um, and we know that the average family of four has a carbon footprint of about twenty eight tons in the UK right. of CO two emitted a year. Now, some work that was done showed that uh, if you had if you had a hundred thousand pounds of investments, for example, say in your pension, or yeah. um, so which which a you know a, re- a person approaching retirement may well have um, in their in their pension scheme, if that money was all invested just in a very broad um, benchmark fund, like a, a one to, to give you an example, it's called the MSCI All World um, uh, Index. Mm-hmm. So it basically, owns a little bit of every single big company in the world. Um, if you then took the choice to switch that £100,000 into another MSCI passive fund, 
Um, so pretty simple. But this one's called low carbon leaders. Right. You would be associated with a saving of eight tons of CO2 per 100,000 pounds. Wow. So that so, knocks eight tons off your family's carbon footprint. Just yeah, I mean, that. It doesn't. It There are. You, you, I've, I've used the word associated. Yes. Yeah. 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 You, know, yeah. you don't. You don't save that money. But but it all comes back into that point about you are backing less polluting mm, companies. Mm. Um, and but but you know so people are struggling with how to save some of that CO two footprint. Yes. But actually, probably the most meaningful thing that that one can do is yeah. with one's investments. Yeah. And so when we talk about, uh, you know, divesting pensions from fossil fuels, uh, yeah. this is that kind of thing, is it? So this is uh, moving your pension, taking a bit of control over your pension fund and and moving that to companies that aren't associated with fossil fuels. It's, it's along the same lines, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, exclusion is, is quite a blunt tool. Um, and uh, to, so if you say I'm never going to own another fossil fuel company, it maybe doesn't the, the the only the real pro, I think it's very good from a principal point of view, but from the point of view of, of a p- path of transition, we know that we will have to use fossil fuels for some time as mm-hmm. we transition to clean energy, um, and then you have the whole plastic and petrochemical sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. chain as well. So it's it's a very complicated uh, area. Um, my, our view is it is much better to agitate for change inside yeah. the company. So that they use their fossil fuel cash flow to invest, say, in renewable energy. Yeah. Um, so we take that approach. Um, but we do. But you know, you can get that with a with an with an impact fund. But 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 I don't. I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, urging people not to do exclusion. I think that's sure. they, they all they all um, amount to the same kind of pressure on the world needing to change. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, we're kind of running short on time, aren't we? But if we're looking, if, if, as you say, we want to move our pension fund or we've come into some money or we've got some savings that we want to move, where, where do we go to sort of find out our options, I guess? And how do we see behind the greenwashing and how do we understand some of that financial jargon as well, I think is quite difficult. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And I really hope that we as a sort of subsect of and fund managers and with it, in that world, We're, we are trying to demystify. I know I used a few acronyms at the beginning here, yeah. but, but I, I hope that we're trying to talk in sort of plain language. Um, what we find, so, so if we're the managers of, of funds, um, the investment managers, there are platforms that sit, um, who, who we would try to um, get onto as fund managers. Um, and some of those platforms are, are really good. They're really, they're really focused on um, impact investing mm-hmm. or on sustainable investing. Um, and I, I mean, you know, this is not an exhaustive list at all. Um, there's, there's a, what, what really excites us is that there's such a growing uh, reservoir of areas that a typical person can go to and, and educate themselves on, uh, on this area. And I mean, one company that we know called, is called EQ Investors, mm-hmm. um, and they, uh, as a platform, have a lot of information, um, and they've, they've done really amazing work in, in terms of uh, drilling down and and um, understanding what the impact really means um, from investments. Um, there's another company called Worthstone um, or Tribe who um, also d- d- do elements of the same mm-hmm. kind of thing, and they they all talk in plain language, which is, okay, is terrific. Yeah. Um, 
The, the other thing I was, I was going to mention is something that, that we will see launched this year, which is called the Big Exchange, which is a, a JV associated with the big issue, which we know has great social mm. credentials. And they are uh, aiming to launch a platform, uh, we're a low-cost platform that is purely focused on sustainability. Um, so, so, you know, it's great to see these kinds of initiatives um, coming out there in the market and beginning to bridge the um, that gap, that chasm that used to be between yeah. our managers and and savers or investors or pension pension investors. Yeah, and um, and I guess just a final question: Are you allowed to call a fund an impact fund if it's not really? So, <laughs> so could could we just say, um, you know, like we want to shift our pension, and I'm just going to look for an impact fund? Um, mm. Like, is that? okay or are we going to be greenwashed or is there any regulation around how you use that term there is no i mean that sorry to ask you plainly there is no regulation around calling an impact fund an impact fund okay. at the moment but there are things like the eu taxonomy um which is sort of looking at defining these kinds of areas the investment association in the uk is equally um a leading thought um thinking on, on this this element at the moment mm-hmm. I think you, you've had um, one of my peers uh, on the podcast before, which, and I think he talked about the essential building blocks you should look for um, if you are wanting to invest it behind yeah. um, uh, impact. And I, I would absolutely echo uh, what he said. Indeed, maybe just go back to, to that podcast. Yeah, we'll link to that one in the show notes, yeah. But we, we, um, we think of five principles. Um, we think of accessibility. We think of transpa- transparency. We think of engagement. Um, we think of, um, uh, of value creation um, and uh, uh, an authenticity. Mm-hmm. So all those elements build together to um, to to, um, to create the right kind of fund. But the transparency is something maybe that everyone can look at. You yeah. know, what, what kind of information can I find from the fund manager? Sure. Will, the, will the fund manager respond to my questions? So we should be able to pick up the phone and talk to our fund manager and, and ask questions or email them or whatever. And Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's it's a, it's a given. And can, can you see the companies that the, the fund owns? Um, yes, or yeah. if, if you can't find find them on the website, could you, can you request them and do you get them? I, mm. I think that's a fundamental building block of, of um, providing the yeah. right kind of fund. Yeah. And th- th- I mean, those those principles are exactly the same if we're looking at, you know, a fashion brand or whatever. And we're trying to find out, are they actually doing what they're saying they're doing? And, it, it, yeah. you know, it all comes down to that transparency and that authenticity. And will they talk to you and all those sorts of things? So it's quite um, reassuring in one respect to know that those principles, we can just apply them in exactly the same way as we would when we're looking for a decent pair of new shoes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, this has been um, really interesting. And I hope that that's inspired lots of people to think about, particularly about their pensions um, and to maybe do a little bit of gentle agitating, as you said, to, to encourage their companies to think about think about that. So it's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Not at all, Jen. Thanks very much for having me on.